Hey everyone, welcome back to the second episode of What Have We Been Watching, where we deep dive into your favourite movie topics. I'm Nolsey and I'm with my co-host Westy. How's it going everybody? Uh, I want to thank you guys for all your support during the first episode of What Have We Been Watching. If you haven't, before we start the show, please make sure you like this page, uh, What Have We Been Watching, on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, we don't have any followers on Instagram yet, so... Uh, we haven't really been promoting that, but please go ahead and follow it there as well. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podca- Podcasts. This show should be everywhere by now, no letter. Um, and yeah, we had some technical difficulties last week. We're hoping to fix those this week. The sound quality should be a lot better. Um, we were supposed to have a, a, our first ever guest, Matt Dupond, on this week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we had to delay that till next uh, next fortnight. Uh, for our third episode, where we will discuss the top 21 most anticipated movies of 2021. Um, but we've got a very good topic this week. Yeah. Uh, so, Noletta, why don't you tell us about it? Uh, so, we thought that in honour of Cobra Kai being pushed forward a little bit earlier, that we would deep dive into the Karate Kid movies. We're going to discuss them, we're going to do a bit of a ranking, but obviously there's only five films in the franchise, um, so we're going to... Uh, discuss them, our ranking system. We might do it a little bit different this week. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll get to discuss uh, Cobra Kai. Uh, we'll talk about the first two seasons uh, briefly and then we'll do our spoiler discussion for season three. So both of us are a bit different. Westy's going into this with a nostalgia sort of background. I'd never really watched the movies as, as a kid. So um, my first experience with Karate Kid was with Cobra Kai. So um, it's going to be a bit interesting. I love the films as a kid. Uh, the first three in particular with Daniel LaRusso, the story of Daniel LaRusso played by Ralph Macchio. It was an interesting uh, experience to go back into watching these movies, no letter. Yeah. And we are, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, uh, they, they definitely rely heavily on nostalgia. So we're going to discuss them. I think they've all got certain charms. We're going to get into it shortly on what have we been watching Again, please like and support us. Uh, we thank you for your support so far on this roller coaster of starting a podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. Let's get into the list, ranking our top, uh, ranking every Karate Kid film. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. We'll dive into the franchise first, and then we'll give you our rankings. Uh, just a bit of a warning, there may be some spoilers for the movies. I mean, some of them are quite old now so it's your fault if you haven't watched them <laughs> but, um, uh, and then we'll give you a bit of a warning with Cobra Kai as well when we're going to start going into season three since it is pretty fresh um, there might be a few people who haven't seen that so we'll give you a warning before it starts we'll deep dive into season three we'll discuss the first two seasons as well so there could be some spoilers there for Cobra Kai but no letter as a person that watched this series for the first time recently what are your overall thoughts on the franchise of the Karate Kid? Look, um, it's a bit of a mixed thought. Like, my thoughts are very mixed on it. Um, I actually really didn't mind the first three. Uh, the next Karate Kid starring Hilary Swank was a bit of a... Um, oh, yeah, I'll go into that in detail soon. I have a lot of thoughts about that movie. But, um, and I mean, I don't really know if the reboot was necessary. I still feel like the first movie kind of holds its own. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed like the Daniel LaRusso, Mr. Miyagi trilogy. I think that was really, really well done, to be honest. What are your thoughts? 
I think that the, so as a person that watched it for the first time like yourself, I think the, the trilogy for the first three Karate Kids really flow very well because they're all done by the same director. And it's actually yeah. rare to see that uh, going into a trilogy. Uh, John G. Alverson directed those. He also directed the first Rocky movie. So he's definitely got experience okay. in the realm of sports films. He came back for Rocky Five, which is renowned as the worst Rocky movie. That was shortly after the Karate Kid 3. So there's definitely... You can tell as this series goes on, in my opinion, that the quality starts to dwindle a little bit. Yeah. It very much relies on nostalgia. The first movie, I think, is a great film yeah, on okay. its own merits. And I think that the trilogy as a whole tonally kind of follows each other, which is very good as a movie. Obviously, they try to expand the series when Daniel LaRusso, Ralph Bashio starts to get a little bit older as the series goes on. So they went to Hillary Squeak, they went that direction. Obviously, that movie didn't go well at the box office. I think it was barely promoted when it came out in 1994 as well. So that didn't help it. But that had a new director. Um, obviously, the star of this franchise is Mr. Miyagi, yeah. without a doubt, in my opinion. Uh, played by Pat Morita. Fantastic performance. He actually got, got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for the, first, for the Academy Awards for the first movie. But I think he is really the heart of this franchise and when he took him away with the reboot, which, again, they tried a bunch of stuff and they really, I think they kind of paid faithful. They tried their best in that movie to kind of bring back the tone and the feeling of the first Karate Kid with a new audience, a modern audience. But I don't know if the results were fully there. And obviously, that movie goes two hours and 20 minutes, so very much dragged. We just watched it before we recorded this, me and Noletta just watched that movie. And at one point, we were just looking at each other wanting it to end, so... But overall, I don't think it's a terrible movie. Obviously, we'll get into our rankings very shortly, but I think we should also discuss without spoilers for all those people that haven't watched Cobra Kai. We're going to obviously go deep into the movies and spoil, spoil them. I mean, the last movie came out in 2010, which is 10 years old. The other ones were 80s and 90s. So if you haven't watched them by now, either stop, watching, uh, either stop listening to this and go, <laughs> go watch, watch them, them or just suck it up and listen to the spoilers. Or at least the first three. Go watch But them. I think overall, when you look at how good of a job the uh, the writers and the directors of Cobra Kai have done to make this franchise that obviously is of different degrees of quality connect yeah. so well in the TV show. I think yeah. they've done a remarkable job in they terms have, of Cobra Kai. What are your thoughts there, no letter? Uh, I mean, like, I mean, obviously watching Cobra Kai, I didn't really understand a lot of the little references that they've done. Now watching the movies, I really understand them, and um, yeah, I think it's just incredible what they've done. What they've taken a decades-old trilogy and made it, I don't know, really fresh and fun. And, and relevant to a new generation, which I think is what the reboot was trying to do It didn't completely succeed. But uh, I think we should maybe get into the rankings of these movies now. We talked as a series yeah. as a whole. We can really rank them from five to one. Obviously, it's not the longest list in the world, uh, so we're just going to play it. We're just going to naturally do it. Usually, we'd go one apiece. We might change yeah. that up a little bit for this episode. Next episode, when Matt Dupont's a guest for our 2021 movies, we'll obviously go back to the old system and twist it around a little bit. But as I said, thank you guys for your support so far on the podcast. Let's get into our rankings of the Karate Kid films. So let's get into our rankings. Uh, because it is only five movies, we're just going to discuss them as they come up, except for our top two, which we'll save for when we get to those. But I'm pretty sure we'll probably have pretty similar top twos Anyway. Before we start, do you reckon our whole list will be the same? Oh, nah, not no, you don't. I, I don't think it will either. Don't think it will either. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Westy, let's start with you. What is 
your number five. So the worst Karate Kid movie in your opinion. So I just want to state before I get into this that the, the there's two movies for me that are overwhelmingly the two best movies of the franchise. And then there's three movies that I think are pretty similar in terms of quality. There is some... There's a lot of cringe parts in some of these late 80s slash early 90s movies. And I think the remake on Rewatch today highlighted some of the big problems there. The last time I watched the remake, I really liked it. But this time, we'll discuss that when we get to it. But my number five is The Karate Kid Part 3. Where is that for you, Norma? Really? Okay. Um... I was actually tossing up between having that as number three or number two because I actually really enjoyed it. So it's in your top two? Or no, is it, it's no, number three. It's number three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, um, so. Yeah, wow, okay. I didn't think it was the worst. Definitely not by a long shot. Well, for me, in my opinion, I mean, I think this movie does a great job at the start. They Obviously, at the, in Karate Kid 2, they're in Okinawa. They come back to the U.S., and I think the first 20 minutes of this movie is really good. It's about Mr. Miyagi kind of moving on to retirement. Daniel trying to go to college. Yeah. Their old complex where they lived with gets demolished and he has a phone call with his mother who comes back from the original movie for a scene in this one uh, to say that he'll stay with Mr. Miyagi while he goes to college and Mr. Miyagi will try to do something else or go to retirement because their apartment building has been demolished. So I think the start of it's really good and it goes to a premise where Daniel eventually decides to use his college money, which Mr. Miyagi doesn't exactly approve of, of buying Miyagi a bonsai tree store uh, where you can retire and sell trees. And that's basically your premise. That's basically yeah. your setting up point for this film, which I think is really good. I think it definitely carries the tone of the first movie. Then the problem started, in my opinion, Nolita. So we'll get into this. They introduced a love interest played by Robin Lively, who I don't know too much about, but she's actually the older sister of Blake Lively um, in this movie. Oh. And there is a noticeable age difference between them in real life. Yeah. And you can tell in the movie, Robin Lively, I think in this movie, is about 16. Ralph Macchio still playing a teenager when he's about 30. 30. So he's, yeah. you can definitely start to notice um, him aging. Uh, but obviously, he's out of high school at this point, so he's going to college. So it's a little bit more believable there. I don't think she is necessarily a good casting in this role. Yeah. She's kind of just there. I, I didn't want to push the romance angle from the obvious reasons of what I said, but I don't think she's necessarily important. Maybe she's bad in her role, but I just don't think she's necessary to the movie at all. Yeah. Then you have the bullies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, you have John Kreese giving up on life, basically going to quit the karate business after the events of the Karate Kid 1 with Cobra Kai. He goes and sees uh, Terry Silver. Yeah. Who I love. I actually think he's a great Played, actor. Played by... Who's he played by, Nolita? Do you know? No. no. Uh, Tom Thomas Ian Griffin. Um, and he recruits Mike Barnes to try to stop Daniel Miyagi and get revenge from all the events that happened in the first Karate Kid. I think that these villains are not good villains. And I think that Terry Silver definitely plays it and plays it over the top, outlandage, like so many late 80s, early 90s movies do. Yeah. And I think that, I just think he's in a completely different movie to the rest of them. Mike Barnes, I think, is just another filler character. We don't know too much about him. He's basically the bully that's just going to go up against Daniel LaRusso just to have someone yeah. to go against him. Yeah. And then as this movie progresses, Nolet, I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but as the movie progresses, you basically get Daniel LaRusso bullied. He gets forced to fight in this tournament. And he basically does, uh, his character, in my opinion, does a complete 180, turns against Mr. Miyagi, goes to Cobra Kai, and I just think it's completely out of character for Daniel. And I understand that they wanted to, you know, do it so they can have this big climax where he reunites 
Uh, and you have obviously the conflict of the movie with Daniel obviously going more aggressive and turning towards Cobra Kai. But I just think after we had the whole events of the two first two films, the first where he's a complete underdog, the second where he literally won a fight to the death um, and trained under Miyagi, went to Okinawa, learned all this culture and where Miyagi came from. For him to turn on Miyagi completely out of character, in my opinion, and I think the movie very much suffers as a result. It might not necessarily be the worst made movie in the franchise, but in my opinion, it's one that completely goes against... For me, it's like comparing a lot of people who had problems with Star Wars The Last Jedi with Luke Skywalker kind of giving up the Jedi way. I just think it's completely out of character for Daniel to turn. I mean, but he doesn't go through that for a long time. Like, halfway through, he does realise that... And it's not like he was really turning against Mr. Miyagi. It was just because Mr. Miyagi didn't want to train him training, for yes. some reason, yes. which yeah. I don't really understand. But they don't really get into any of that stuff. They don't really give us any context of yeah, why this yeah, is happening. Yeah. And I think it's a bit of lazy writing. As I said, the directorous movie then in two years went on to rank Rocky Five, which is renowned to be a, an awful movie. And then I think after that, he kind of went off the face of the earth as a director before he passed. So I definitely think he's a talented filmmaker. He's made the first two karate kids Rocky, but I think... This is his downward spiral starting to kind of happen. Yeah. Um, John G. L. A. Elverson, I think his name is. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, but yeah, as I said, I've talked most of the time on this movie. You have it as your number three, Nolan. Yeah. Why do you like it more than me? I mean, it was just a fun movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> and I really, really like Terry Silva. I know you don't, but I just thought he was just a very... I know he kind of brought up the energy of the film I guess the best way to say it like he was just fun I kind of liked how he was I don't know trying to be the the poor guy or whatever he was like at the, at the, who trained in South Korea or something <laughs> <laughs> some random person Prison book I don't know what's yeah. going on half this movie <laughs> but um but yeah and I kind of just liked I don't know I thought we saw like a different side of crease in it as well like a lot more fun crease um which would be interesting to see if that kind of side of him comes out in Cobra Kai as well but um well obviously we obviously you have this as I have it the week as the trilogy we'll see if you do we've got a, obviously your number three we don't know the rest of your list yeah. but generally this is regarded as the worst of the original trilogy yeah but I think we should give credit to without getting to spoilers as so we'll discuss Cobra Kai spoilers later but I think we got to give credit to even though the films have varying qualities and and you know how good they are I think that Cobra Kai does a fantastic job of like they incorporated this movie really yeah. well into into season two and three in particular. Yeah, they have actually. In my which, opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that actually. Yeah. Okay. That's um, that's Karate Kid Part Three. Uh, Noletta, what is your number five? So my number five <laughs> is the next Karate Kid. That is my number four. Yeah. 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 Oh gosh. You watched um, this last night for I the first time. I watched this last night after having a few drinks, and I tell you what, if I was sober, there is no way I would have finished this movie. And actually, I think probably the only reason I finished this movie was so that I had could talk about it for this podcast, because this, in my opinion, is a terrible movie, and do yourself a favour and, and don't watch it. <laughs> it's just so bad. <laughs> I think you might be being a little bit too harsh. And... Oh, no. Listen, no. I don't think either part three or the next Karate Kid are good, in my opinion, at all. Uh, it's, but it's I, just that bad. I'm sorry. What, why do you hate Wake it? obviously don't. has had a lot of acting lessons after this movie. This was the first film. She okay, beat 500 yeah, other can, girls to get the role. You can tell this is her first movie. <laughs> I mean, the villains in this were just... So basically, Mr. Miyagi travels over to Boston to get some war medal thing. 
I don't know why I was going over there. <laughs> some old lady. They went to it. He was like, I believe it was like a, uh, a Veterans Day kind of deal okay. where he, yeah. where they go to the War Buddies. He runs into this woman that was his old partner and best friend's wife. Yeah. And, and then she has a granddaughter who's a bit of a troubled kid. I don't know, on the, on the wrong side of the track. <laughs> I don't even know if Carl Little was watching this movie. But like, continue, continue. Um, and Mr. Mr. Miyagi takes it upon himself to try and help her out. And, I don't know, she has a bird for some reason. She found an eagle at the school, a hawk. <laughs> a broken wing. Yes. Which she's keeping up on the roof of the school, as you do. I don't know why she just doesn't keep it in her backyard, but... Or in a mansion that her grandmother lives in. I don't know. This is a stupid movie. <laughs> I tell you what. As someone that has ran along with the Karate Kid Free, I think you're also rambling. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here in the next Karate Kid. Listen. Her love interest looks like he's 40 years old, where she actually looks like she's a proper school, school age. I don't know. She looks like at the right age. He looks like he's 40 years old. He walks on trains. For some reason. So you're saying this is easily the worst movie. Oh man, I just in the franchise. Yes, this is I, just such I a, a terrible movie. I just how like what do you, I guess the only thing you find good about is the nostalgia. That's uh, watching this for the first time as an adult. It is a <laughs> terrible, terrible well, movie. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about why I don't have it last. Okay. Is this the worst made movie in the Karate Kid franchise? Yes. yes. Does it completely? Change characters that they should not have changed? No. Does it go against everything oh, I believe? No. I that's and that's why The Karate Kid Part 3 is last for me, and that's why this is second last. The villains in this movie are horrible. Her love interest is horrible. The the animal <laughs> the thing's action, fine. There was no karate. I think, that the, I think that the monks are alright, and I think that they get unwarranted hate, and I also think that the main reason why this movie is not last for me is that I like the chemistry between Mr. Miyagi mm. and Julie. See, uh, I don't Hillary know Swank. Julie, that's her name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, sure, some of the stuff that happens in the movie might not make complete sense, you know, with her, with him staying and watching over her, even though he's never met her before. Sure, you can you can criticise it all you want, but early 90s movies, late 80s movies, they're known for their cheese. I think this oh. is a great start to Hillary Swank's career. I think this got her out there in the public, and I think for Pat, uh, Pat Moroder's last role as Mr. Miyagi... Oh, it might not be the best send-off for him, but I feel, yeah. still think he does some yeah. really good work in this movie. Yeah, he does. He so, I think that, you, again, the oh. villains are trash. The climax, not good. You've got a terrible 40-year-old train man as the love interest, the guy that <laughs> jumps on some trains. Sure, you've got all that. But at the heart of the movie, you have Julie and Mr. Miyagi. He is making her a better person. I'm all, I'm all about it, you know? Yeah, she yeah. goes and babysits for some reason. She gets yeah. some... <laughs> Some toys thrown at her. It's a, I think it's a fun movie. It might not be a great movie. It might not even be a good movie. It might be a terrible movie. But is do did I have a good time watching it? Yes. Obviously, you I didn't. Did not. No. I did not have a good time. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's. You're the host. Let's move on to. Yeah. Okay. My number so, four is the next Karate Kid. So we've already yeah, discussed yeah. that. Was your number four? Yeah. Uh, my number four is the reboot of the Karate Kid. Hey, and that's my number three. As I said, I think that uh, our bottom yeah. three was going to be very similar. Yeah. <laughs> what? Let, we just watched this movie, uh, not later. Yeah, okay. I mean, besides it being probably about 45 minutes longer than what it really needed to be, the, the start was okay. I don't know. When they started in America, it was okay. Then it just went to 
don't know, unnecessary places. And then you've got the middle where Jack, where Jackie Chan is finally training Jaden Smith, and that was good. Oh, I watched this movie. Fun. I watched this movie in 2010 when it first came out. So when I when we we're going to this movie, I said, you know what? I don't think it was great, but I have okay memories of this movie. And when we watched it this morning, my opinions definitely changed. Yeah. I think that Jaden Smith, I think he's about 10 in this movie. He's playing a 12-year-old yeah. uh, Dre in the film uh, who gets trained by Mr. Han, Jackie Chan. I think that his acting's not at his best here at all. I think that... No, not, not at all. I think that he's trying. I don't think that he's terrible, but I don't think he's necessarily good. And I think, as you said, two hours 20. The original Karate Kid went for an hour 45. Uh, they added half an hour of stuff that didn't really connect and didn't really go places. The love interest didn't make sense really to me. They had a whole subplot where she had an audition to, and her parents didn't approve of Dre that really went nowhere. Yeah, (laughs) The villains kind of attack him at the start of this movie and then appear for another hour. But I think there is, I think that, I think they tried. I think they tried to recapture the soul of the original and there's even lines that are duplicates basically from the original. I don't know if you realized that when you watched it, but yes. Absolutely. Bad student, so Only bad teacher and how he's yeah. going to go and confront him. I think Jack. I think the the sole, not the sole highlight, but I think the main highlight of this movie is Jackie Chan as Mr. Han. I think he's a fantastic yeah, so substitute for Mr. Miyagi. Mm. And as this movie goes along, it gets better. I mean, if you got an hour in the middle of this movie and make this an hour and a half movie, I think this movie is a lot better. Yeah. I think the scenes with him losing his family, he tells the story in the car, he's smashing the car, Jackie Chan, uh, Mr. Han. It's, Kung Fu and with the shadow it's fantastic. That was really well done. Great cinematography, great scenes. Yeah. They go to the Great War of China, which you said doesn't really make sense while they're training there. But again, great cinematography. So there's definitely positives in this movie, not well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there definitely is. And I think the only person they could have got to replace Mr. Miyagi like, was Jackie Chan. There was no one else really that could take on a role like that. I mean, he's iconic. In, in himself, so... Definitely brings his fighting style, too. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. They didn't have karate. It was let's talk... Fu. I was going to say, let's talk about <laughs> so, our biggest problem. Yeah. This movie could have been called... The Kung Fu Kid. The Kung Fu Kid, <laughs> not the Karate Kid. There is no karate no. in this movie. They're Kung Which, Fu I people. Jaden Smith's character has a line saying, everybody in China knows Kung Fu, but apparently no one in China knows karate. So, I don't get it, but... I just don't understand. Like that's that to me just kind of I don't know, just really ruined the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What is the point? And then obviously you've got the the way he wins the last battle with yeah, the very unrealistic, unrealistic kick. It's just the fighting. These are about like they look like they're about yeah. eight years old. These these kids that are all fighting, and yeah. I think that they the the action's done decently, but. As I said, it's just it's a mixed bag. It's one of these remakes that didn't need to exist. Yeah, that's exactly. the that's the. I mean, the thing about the first one is that it was all ver- it felt realistic. Like you, it felt like a kid learning karate, and the he was getting bullied completely. Yeah. We knew nothing about the bullies in this yeah. movie. So. Whereas this one, yeah, you just sort of had no, I mean, just had no connection to any of the characters really, except for Jaden Smith. And that's because he was in the movie in pretty much every scene. <laughs> yeah, that's, but um, yeah. At least with the original, you kind of had a feeling for Johnny Lawrence and stuff as well. But this one, we didn't even know. I don't even remember what the bad guy's name is. <laughs> I nah, <laughs> Cheng maybe. I yeah. think that was the kid. And we just watched it about half an hour ago. We still can't remember. Yeah. Before we move on, uh, with Cobra Kai obviously starting in twenty eighteen, I believe it was. 
that a sequel for this movie has been long rumoured and long, may, not really anticipated, but long rumoured to be in development. Yeah. Jaden Smith's obviously gone to, I don't know where he's gone, to another planet. He's not, he's not here anymore <laughs> as an actor. But would you like this to see Jackie Chan do a sequel of it in a student or do you think they should just stick to the Cobra Kai? Because obviously this movie's not canon with the rest of the franchise. Yeah, no, I think they just should stick to Cobra Kai. I'd love to see Jackie Chan make a cameo in Cobra Kai. Be, yeah, it'd be crazy. Be actually pretty amazing. It would be crazy, that's for sure. But if they could somehow write it in, I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah, because I mean, technically they could still live in the same world. Yeah, well, Mr. Han doesn't really... Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't really... I mean, it's Kung Fu they're different characters. anyway, so... so. <laughs> yeah, so that would be interesting. But those were our bottom three. You want to move yeah. on to the top two? I think we've said enough about these three mediocre movies, in my opinion. Uh, let's get to the two good ones, yeah, in yeah, my let's, opinion. Let's, let's continue. the next two. Okay, so let's get started with our top two. I'm pretty sure that both of ours will be the exact same. I'm glad they are the exact same, because I thought you might have had uh, my number two higher up on your list I'm glad you didn't because I love this movie Noletta it is the Karate Kid part 2 yep which is number 2 as well mine I mean I nearly had it higher I nearly had it as number 3 instead of number 2 but then I thought overall it is a much better film um, and it's kind of cool as well seeing like Mr. Miyagi's sort of backstory I, I really enjoyed that um yeah, so what did you like about number two? So the first Karate Kid film is on regular rotation uh, for me. I watch it every year or two. The sequels I hadn't seen for years, and I remember liking this movie, being very positive about this movie, thinking it was a good movie. On rewatch, I actually think it's a great film. And obviously, I think something that threw you off, Noel, as we've discussed off the show, is that the tone difference, obviously, when they go back to Japan and Okinawa... Yeah. Uh, you didn't see that coming. You probably would have thought that it would be similar to the first movie in terms of tone in LA. Uh, obviously, the tone shift of them going to a different country and learning about Mr. Miyagi's culture. They go over there because his father is dying. Mm-hmm. And you get all the, the culture of, you know, the backstory of Miyagi's family. Okinawa, obviously, some villains come along. You've got Sato, who uh, loved... He was Miyagi's best friend, and they trained together, and he, they both loved the same woman. Girl. What a great... <laughs> it always happens. <laughs> They, Sato basically challenged Miyagi to a battle to the death. Miyagi, not being an advocate of violence, decided to leave and start a new life instead of, you know, facing his friend into a battle of the death. When they get there, obviously Daniel has his own problems. He meets a girl named Kumiko, who I think they have fantastic chemistry, those two actresses. I would actually like to see him end up with Kumiko at the end of the franchise. Obviously, the franchise is still going, but that has not happened. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, mini spoiler there but I think they're back and forth fantastic in her first role as an actress yeah. as well uh, what's her actress's name again she's been in a few things uh, by memory like uh, like TV shows Temlin Tomatita Tomita Tomita I can't say <laughs> I can't say names I can't pronounce people to save my life so I don't know why I'm on a movie podcast well, but really, yes I really enjoyed her the only thing that was kind of a bit throwing me off was that I don't know if it was an 80s hairstyle. I don't know if it was a Japanese hairstyle, but she had those weird little wisp things all over her face and I just couldn't... I don't know. They were just annoying me. I just wanted to swipe them <laughs> off her face every single time I saw her. But um, the character herself was really great. Oh. I, I really enjoyed her, actually. I thought she was a lot more um, fleshed out as well than what Ali was. Yes, yes. Ali was kind of there as the 
as kind of the she was the the, yeah the love interest and the spark why johnny and daniel have the rivalry but i think we actually got proper character development with kumiko obviously then we have chosen that enters the scene he's the uh, the nephew, I believe, of yeah. Sato. That uh, Which I, I really liked him as a character. I wasn't too sold on Sato though. Like I don't know. I thought I liked the whole storyline between him and Miyagi, but um, as a villain, I don't think he really held up too much. But yeah, the nephew definitely was a better chosen. Yeah. Spe- speaking of Miyagi, he did get uh, Pat Morita did get nominated for the Academy Award for the first film. It's a fantastic performance. I actually reckon that his performance in this yeah, film might better. surpass yeah, his performance in the first so. film. In the first film, it was a lot more subtle, but in this movie, you see a lot more of his backstory. Yeah. You see uh, wh- exactly why he doesn't like violence and why he detests it. Yeah. And I think it's a fantastic performance. This movie was actually, even though it's shot in Okinawa, apparently a lot of the, the historic uh, landmarks from the location weren't actually good to film in like they weren't into a quality where you could film and get the amazing cinematography that we do get in this movie so i think they did a very good job of blending the culture of okinawa but they actually filmed it in hawaii i don't know if you knew that so yes so it's actually all filmed in hawaii and i think they do a really good job with the culture in this film and i think the conclusion in my opinion is probably the best conclusion out of any karate kid film we get i love the final battle i I love i love the build-up to it the glory of love um song that plays briefly and then plays in the yeah. credits um There's and i just think in this film than there is karate yes well. <laughs> absolutely and i think i think it really is a film where the character development for daniel and mr miyagi yeah. you really learn a lot more about them as characters yeah no I, I just i think the whole reason why these films work so well is because of their connection as well like the the chemistry between Daniel and Mr. Miyagi, like he really is the a father figure to him, which is really cool. And that might not have been why you that might have been why you didn't necessarily connect with Swank and Miyagi because they're kind of trying to create a relationship for nothing. Yeah. In that movie, yeah, I think so. I think that obviously, yeah, Pat Morito and Ralph Macchio are very good friends. Offset, I think that they they have natural chemistry and they don't really need to try. It's just kind of there. It's very subtle yeah, and it's I think, yeah yeah their I mean, connection. So I think um, Ralph. Machio's acting is not as good in this film as mm. what it is in the first one, to be honest. Fair enough. Um, and I think it's even worse in the third film. Yes, yeah. But, um, which is surprising, but... Let's discuss as well. We also didn't discuss before we move on the opening of this movie. Yeah. Which carries on directly from the Karate Kid 1. Yes, which has big repercussions throughout Cobra Kai yes. as well. And it's a great scene. Yeah, that, that it, initial it really scene. is, actually, yes. yeah. They got the um, entire cast of villains back from the first movie, yeah, so to speak. This one, one scene. Yes. And it really shows just how brutal Crease is towards, like, as a sensei towards his students yes. as well. Absolutely. Which how evil he can be. As you said, it has huge repercussions yeah. in the yeah. in the future of the franchise. So, yeah. Karate Kid, pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, let's move on, I guess. <laughs> and we both, I, I think yeah, we well, both know. One, I mean, has to be the first original kid the original usually so during this i've kind of been speaking first we take turns on who kind of speaks first but i think for this movie you should speak first because you this was one of the first times if not the first time you've seen this i mean i possibly could have watched it as a kid i can't i mean i remember bits of it but i don't know if that's from watching cobra kai or if that was from watching it as a kid because they do sort of the flashbacks but how was your experience this for the first time like with fresh, fresh eyes as an adult. I mean, it was just a really fun film. 
Um, I loved the whole start part where like the, they're packing up, leaving um, Newark and New, New Jersey and then traveling across the country over to LA. Um, the relationship that he has with his mom, I don't know, like the, just Daniel LaRusso is just such a great character in this film. And it's no wonder why it has sort of um, stemmed, like, gone across decades, I guess, that people still talk about this movie now. Like, it's still... Still relevant, relevant. yeah. Um, it's still detested to one, yeah. definitely. Yeah, really, like, I don't know, 80s films, they're just, they're just really great. They just have, a, yeah, they have a <laughs> they way have of... something special about Exactly, them. they've got a certain tone yeah. that definitely fits, and I think this film, it started at all, and I think it's a... It's it's got to be up there with one of the great. Even though you don't really count it as a sports movie when you think of sports movies, it's got to be up there with one of the best. The chemistry, as we said, yeah. with part two between uh, Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita as uh, Mr Miyagi and Daniel Larusso, fantastic. You mentioned the mother. I thought I was very disappointed that she really didn't feature much in the rest of the franchise. Yeah, She's in one episode, sad. I think, of Cobra Kai. Another yeah. spoiler alert. It's very mortal spoiler. She's in one scene of the Karate Kid Part yeah. Three as well. But I think their relationship's fantastic. Well, it's really nice. Like, you, you obviously go back and watch this after you've seen Cobra Kai and see Johnny's point of view, and that yes. kind of twists the whole yeah. movie as well. It really, actually, it made me look at it a bit different watching the first movie, like seeing it from Daniel's perspective this time. But I mean, yeah, like it was very interesting <laughs> watching that and thinking, oh, well, poor Johnny in yeah. this part. But <laughs> and then, and then, of course, you've got the. Uh, the different cultures, backgrounds between Ali and how she's upper class yeah. and you got Daniel who's the lower class and how his yeah. car, you know, doesn't start on a day and stuff like that. There's just so many iconic moments yeah. in this film. And I, like, they just do such a great job at building up the relationship between Johnny and Daniel as well. Like, just those... Which those is amazing because Johnny's not even in this movie very much yeah, when you sit really, back and look yeah. at it. He's probably got about 15 to 20 minutes yeah. of screen time in the whole movie. And but he is very powerful in this movie, I think. Like, just... Very iconic. That whole Cobra Kai is—it's—it's it's a very iconic. You, you yeah. know who they are straight away. They yeah. make it clear, and uh, I mean Ali. As I said, Elizabeth Shue. She, she obviously had. She left. I don't know if you know this. She left the the franchise with creative differences, and she. I think she wanted to come back for two. And her and Ralph Macchio didn't talk for about thirty years, as far as I'm aware. So. But I think she's really good in this movie. I don't think she gets as much time to shine as the other characters. But I think the whole cast, Miss Miyagi obviously got nominated for a Best Supporting Actress. He, actor, actor scene, uh, actor Academy Award. But that scene where he's drunk um, yeah. and reminiscing about the loss of his, his wife and unborn child during childbirth. It's so powerful. Mm. And yeah, I mean, the, the message of this movie is outstanding. Actually, if funny thing is while watching that scene I was like man I would love a prequel like about Mr Miyagi's life and then not knowing that the second one they go back yes really featured <laughs> featured that definitely yeah. so but obviously the fighting's fantastic you've got yeah. one of the greatest movie songs of all time and you're the best <laughs> around nothing's gonna ever keep you down it's it's a fantastic montage that, that I think the tournament's done really well it's an iconic scene the training wax on wax off Everything that Mr. Miyagi is instilling in Daniel, not just karate, obviously life lessons yeah, as well. Yeah, life lessons. And, and I mean, that fight scene between Daniel and Johnny at the end, like, it's for something, it's just so simple but so effective as well. Like, it's just, I don't know, it seemed realistic, unlike the remake where the fight scene was not very realistic. <laughs> Even but, um, a little bit in Cobra Kai. I think there's, they yeah. sometimes go on the level of unrealistic yeah, here. but they do. There, yeah. but in this movie, it's very simplified and uh, very straightforward, but that adds to the charm of the movie. And yeah, I think so. 
makes it feel Mr. Miyagi real. automatically becomes an iconic character. Yeah. So does Daniel, so does Johnny, and I think the movie's just is gonna stand the test of time and Yeah, I think so. And I'd love to know just how many senseis, like in the real world, started training people with Mr. Miyagi's methods. Most um, likely would have inspired yeah, a lot I, of people. I reckon a lot of, I think. a lot of them would have would have been funny. <laughs> Alright. So Yeah. Our top five. That's it. So what have we got? between them so let's read them out no letter your top five at uh, your ranking of the karate kid films at number five yep so number five was the next karate kid at number four at number four the karate kid remake number three is karate kid part three at number two number two is karate kid part two and no surprise here the greatest karate kid film of all time the karate kid (laughs) what a shock (laughs) And mine. So, Westy, your top five. My number five. Five. The Karate Kid Part 3. Number four. The next Karate Kid, Hilary Swank. Yeah, let's get her back in Cobra Kai. Get the petition going. I mean, she needs to redeem herself, honestly. So, I'd like to see that. Okay, number three. The Karate Kid, 2010. Number two. The Karate Kid, Part 2. And number one. The best Karate Kid film of all time. No surprise to anyone, is the Karate Kid. And that is our list on letter. Did you enjoy stepping back and watching these For the these most movies? part, I did. I mean, the, the last two that I watched, I wish, I, I don't know, I'd probably be happy of not watching them, to be honest, especially the next Karate Kid. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm really glad now that I've watched the trilogy. I really, really enjoyed them. All right, yeah. uh, so we've been hinting at it throughout the show. Spoiler alert. We're ready to go. We're ready to talk about Cobra Kai right. season three in particular. But Noletta, your thoughts on the first two seasons? Obviously, I uh, didn't watch the show until it premiered on Netflix. I knew yeah. about it a long time. Yeah. It was on YouTube Red. Very I hard to access. So I was very excited to watch the show when it finally came on Netflix. I had a chance, and you also watched it as well. What yeah. was your thoughts I mean, on I the, f- the first two seasons and like very quickly? And what were your thoughts on? Um, I absolutely love it. I think it's such a, a fun show. Um, I love that it surround like it surrounds Johnny Lawrence instead of Daniel Larusso. I think he is just a great character, um, and it's nice to see him sort of fleshed out a bit more as well. Um, it's definitely a fresh take on the whole yeah. concept of the Karate Kid, yeah. which was lacking, I think, in the later films as we got into. It definitely put an perspective on Johnny, who was the villain in the first movie. Definitely changes it up, and I think that this job, this TV show, has done a fantastic job of making the Karate Kid still relevant and relevant to modern audiences. Yeah, I think so as well. And I mean, like, they do that as from sort of looking at their the things they did back in the 80s and comparing it to how people act in modern times and and how um, you can't sort of do those things anymore as well and how girls can now do karate yes, and it, things like that. So definitely uh, something that Johnny has to open yeah, up to and he definitely... Yeah. His character development from the first oh. episode of this franchise, uh, this TV show, to the last episode know, of season just, three is huge. Oh, it's incredible, really. Like, it's just such a... I don't know, it's just been really fun to watch, really, to see... I don't know, like, obviously, him and Miguel. Miguel brings out a different side of him, which is really cool, and it's kind of like... I don't know, Daniel and Mr. Miyagi really like Miguel and Johnny's relationship, and, and I think that's really... I think one of the main nice. things about this TV show as well, more so than any other show I've ever seen before, is the, the respect factor. I mean, yeah. Den- Ralph Macchio and uh, obviously Johnny as well, played by... 
help me out, Williams Zapka. I think that they did not want to take another project unless it was the right one, unless we pay respect. Obviously, the director of the trilogy, Pat Morita, they're not around anymore. So I think it really goes on them to continue the legacy of this franchise. And as I said, I think it's been, as you said, and I agree with you, I think it's been a fantastic first three seasons. I'm looking forward to what they do next season as well. But let's expand a little bit. What do you think about, you know, the return of Cobra Kai? What do you think about the, obviously the next generation of kids? The back and forth between, obviously, Johnny and and Daniel is very prevalent in the show and they do a really good job of it, especially with the flashbacks and stuff from the former movies. But what do you think about this new generation of kind of the, the, the kids in this, the you know, the, the young the yeah, young adults so, in this Yeah, so I mean, obviously it starts show. with Miguel. Um, he's the first one to sort of get into it. And I mean, it's interesting to see that he's got a very similar sort of storyline to what Daniel went through. So he's getting bullied and funny enough, Johnny is the one that steps in and helps him. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, like Miguel, I think he's just a great character. I absolutely love him. Um, I think he has really good chemistry with Samantha as well. I yeah, think Sam's yeah. good casting. I think that she starts the show a little bit slow. Like she doesn't, she doesn't get too much. Obviously, yeah. the focus is all on the girl. But as the show progresses, I think that she yeah. has really come into her own as an actress. Um, and I think the character's grown a lot as well. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, like, then you've got, what, Hawk. Hawk, Dimitri. You've got yeah, all these Dimitri, side characters. Um, they're just, I don't know, they're just fun. Like, they're very different. Um, to each other as well, which is cool. So, but I mean, you go through stages where you like them or you get pissed off at them. <laughs> which is also another thing they love. Like even in the early seasons, they introduced like the the small kid, the glasses for Cobra Kai, yeah. for example. When you've got the obviously the Asian kid on the other side, and they're like rivals. But as the series progresses, even those minor characters get a bunch of character development yeah, in short do, scenes, yeah. and they become important. Yeah. And I I think that the creators have done a great job of. They know that this is their Star Wars. They know everybody in this universe. They've got a plan for everybody. And I think it, you can definitely tell when you're watching a, a movie or a TV show, again, comparing it to Star Wars, the, tr- the new trilogy, didn't. you can tell it didn't have a plan. But yeah. for this show, it seems like they have a vision and an end goal in sight. And yeah, well, it's I mean, amazing. The what they have come out saying that they do have what they, end game in mind to see where it's... They know pretty much where each character is yeah. going. You can definitely tell it. So... Yeah. Robbie as well. He's a different wild card. And I really enjoyed, obviously this is a spoiler discussion, I really enjoyed in wrestling, you'd call it a double turn, where Miguel at the end of season one is the one to embrace, you know, the the never surrender, win at any cost kind of mentality. And Robbie's the one that kind of backs off and goes more than Miyagi-Do. But obviously as the series goes on, they twist that again. So I think that he's, I think he's a really good character in the show as well. Yeah, he is. It's going to be interesting to see where what happens with him in the fourth season as well, because I am, yeah, like he's basically has done like a full one eighty at the moment. Like he's just completely turned his character around, and yeah. But I mean, so to go into season three, which obviously just came out on New Year's Day, which um, they brought forward. A little bit um like so starting this season i was a bit lost um mostly because daniel goes back into okinawa and i was just like what i don't understand why this is happening and i love me on the other hand had seen those movies and uh i I don't remember them pretty well i loved it i loved the return of kumiko i loved the return of chosen how they redeemed that character and daniel's car you know, car business got saved essentially by the yeah, little girl that he saved yeah. in the Karate Kid 2. It was fantastic. 
pictures. Yeah, that was a nice. But obviously, now that I've watched yeah, that, you can go back and appreciate a little I, bit more. Yeah, so I probably will rewatch that first part, first half of it. But and then obviously the second half, it's a bit of a tonal change towards the first half of the movie. I think uh, first half of the season. I think um, just because then sort of it focuses a bit more on Johnny and the girl sort of working together again. Um, Some people, uh, you know, are worried, including myself, about Netflix acquiring this, but season three was filmed before that happened. I think this season is very tonally different to the other two seasons. Yes, it's very different. Yes, obviously it starts a lot slower with McGill's recovery. There isn't much karate, um, but it's more about character development. and, and I think this theme of this season with returning characters and stuff is forgiveness and, and letting go, yeah, um, yeah. which obviously is elevated by the return of the characters in the Karate Kid 2 and obviously near the end of the season, spoiler alert again, as this whole thing, spoiler alert, of, of Ali. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which was actually really cool. I mean, you kind of, when they sort of teased her name popping up on his phone at the end of season two, you kind of had a feeling, oh, they're going to have her pop in for a little bit. Absolutely. I'm really happy that they didn't have them get together yes i'm really happy that they didn't go that i was like uh if that happens i'm i don't know how i'm gonna feel about that (laughs) but um i thought yeah uh she it was just really cool seeing her again i think she was used a lot better than she was in the original movie in terms of she is the reason in this show's history that they end their feud and she's the her coming back is the sole reason why they forgive each other why they start working together against crease who, speaking of Chris, he gets a lot of, um, obviously, backstory in this yeah, film, was, uh, this show, obviously. Which was really good, actually. Some, that, they were some of the best parts about it, really understanding where Chris has come from. And that's probably one of the best things about this show as well. Um, they sort of, like, I don't know, they show this moral background to characters and the reason why they acted in those sort of ways as well. Like, there's no one-sided story to any of the characters. Like... Even Tori sort of has yep. that whole background with her, with her mother and stuff. And... Obviously, you do have villains in this show, yeah. but they're villains that have reason what yeah. how they got to this place they, yeah, how in they their lives. That way. Yes. So that was, I think, that was really cool. And I mean, they kind of teased possibly that Terry Silver. Might... Speaking of the Karate Kid Free, yeah. which is a movie, as you said, that you very much enjoyed. Yes. Um, it's um, my least favorite of the franchise, but. Uh, the actor, Thomas Ian Griffin, actually quit acting in 2007, so the tease of him is very interesting, mm. but I think that it probably will happen. And Yeah, I, I feel like it could do. Which... Obviously, this season ends on a big cliffhanger with, um, obviously, they're going to be teaming up Johnny and Daniel against Crease at the next tournament. Yeah, what... which got me so excited. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want to see out of season four of this show? What... I, I still, I kind of, if... Johnny and Daniel get along. I'm going to be a little bit annoyed. I feel like there still needs to be that tension with them because they've got very different training yeah, styles. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if they all of a sudden, which I don't think they will do, I think they will still have them sort of bickering and, and fighting each other a lot and arguing about which is the right style. But I think, yeah, by the end, maybe they might realise that they can utilise both their styles and have the defence plus the attack and in it, which will mm-hmm. be cool. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't know because they've said they want to go beyond season four, but I feel like season four would be a nice place to end it. You don't want to go on too long, but I feel like you can definitely have it go for a couple of extra seasons. My main problem with season three was the character of Robbie. And I think that he definitely got 
kind of shafted in terms of character development during the season. Yeah. They really rushed his turn to crease. And I think that obviously he had his troubles and he ended up Miguel got in the hospital in season two. But I feel like he had a very significant lack of screen time. And this turn to crease could have been slowly, organically done throughout the season. Yeah. But instead, he kind of sees, obviously, Miguel and see him kiss. He disagrees with Johnny and, and Daniel in like one scene, and he kind of just goes straight towards Crease. I feel like a slower burn would have been a lot better. So in season four, I want to see more into the mindset of Robbie and why he's turned to Crease. And I feel like he obviously, despite the extra characters that add to Cobra Kai in season three, he's going to be the main antagonist, so to speak, even yeah. though he's not an antagonist, yeah. for uh, the other team in the tournament. So I'd like to see a lot more of Robbie um, and where he goes and how he verses them. And obviously, they're still, to quote it, even though Crease is not completely a, a huge evil guy, like he's evil, but there's obviously still good in Robbie and the fact that he can come back to Johnny and, and Daniel. I expect that to be a big theme of season four. Yeah, so. I think so as well. Yep. And obviously, obviously I've been campaigning for Hillary Swank. Bring back, hashtag, bring back Julie. Hashtag, bring... <laughs> Bring back Julie Cobra Kai season four. Let's let's get that trending. Everybody, it's a long hashtag. You can think of a better one. Do it. But uh, that is our discussion of the Karate Kid films. All I died. Yeah. I, was... I mean, I really enjoyed watching them. So thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for suggesting it. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. Next fortnight, we're going to have our first ever guest, Matt Dupont from Dupology Reviews, on the show to discuss the 21 most anticipated movies of 2021. If you haven't, please like our page on Facebook. Whatever we've been watching on Instagram, we're also there. Uh, and please like, subscribe, review, do all that good stuff. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere now. We're on Apple, yep. Spotify, Google, Pocket Cast, some random just cast box. People are listening <laughs> to it from those. I don't know why, but uh, sure. And uh, let's continue to grow this podcast, Noletta. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next time. On what have we been watching?